0: Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes as usual. We have our evening with medium events coming up on December 13th, which is 100% sold out. Thank you to everyone who bought tickets. Um, We have not yet released our 2020 dates, but we will do that in time for Christmas. So stay tuned.
1: We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. Um, It's a 10 to 12 minute show. It runs Monday to Friday. So there are five they are based on emotional and spiritual intelligence and the tools. We have those now posted on Patreon. Yes. You can get the first show free on the website by sarlo.com and the remaining four shows after that on Patreon.
0: Well done. I feel like that's a test every week. Mm. Okay. Um, and last but not least, we have our personal practices separate from one another. If you are looking to book sessions with either Karen or myself, you can contact us via the website or um, via email or telephone. Is mm-hmm. that good? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've got all of our notes in front of us today.
1: Mm-hmm. So I do. Begin. Okay. Let's get to it. So this is um, a client story. It's a group of five people that came in for a group session So they just filed into the living room and sat down, and I went through consent. And the first thing I heard is, it's mom and dad, we are both crossed over, this is a group of siblings, and they are here to connect to us. And I thought, okay, that's really cool, I'll start off and I'll just ask them that, because they didn't make anything clear when they first arrived that they were even related. So I said, is this brothers and sisters? Yeah. I said, and both your parents have crossed. Yes. And I said, um, I'm also being told that you listen to our podcast shows.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. And that you guys got together as a group. Not all of you listened to it. A couple of you did. And shared it with the family. And asked your siblings if you could all come together to just come to hear what your parents have to say to you. So it wasn't a session of, let's go see if we can find a medium to prove to us that they're a medium. Mm -hmm. You know, that client? Yeah, that one. So it's not the, let's see if they're any good. Let's see if this is for real, all of that stuff. It was, no, no, we're going to get past all of that issue. We just want to know what mom and dad want to say to us. So you can just like dive right in. Nice. Yeah. So I said, well, maybe you should take out your cell phones and put them on the table so that you can record this. So that later if you're writing notes or you're sharing things, things are going to be remembered or not remembered, but you can go back to the tape to validate something. Mm-hmm. So that if if you think one of your parents said something and I'm thinking, "Why am I doing this? Why am I explaining things like this?" And I just sat in my head for a second and thought, "What is happening? Why? Why am I trying to double track or double make sure of everything? Is this about me? Is this about my family? Humans again? <laughs> is this human behavior?" Mm-hmm. And then I heard the mom and dad say, "Oh no, that would be because of our shit." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh, this is going to be fun." So you two <laughs> I just remember looking at them going, "Hmm." You two are a piece of work. And, and I, somebody might think, oh, my God, is that ever rude? That's how you talk to dead people? Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and I just remembered looking at the parents thinking, oh, my God, it's going to be a shit show. So you weren't healthy parents then, in other words. No. And that's how I began it with them. I said, Well, apparently I'm fumbling over my own words because your parents purposely always screwed things up and you guys didn't know who said what. And it was uh, there was always complications, even understanding what 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 dad wanted today this morning versus after lunch. Mm-hmm. And then mom's the enabler, so she's gonna flip with them. So you can't really ask mom because She might go with the dad's early version. Yeah. And then she's going to get screwed over too. So she's going to be on pins and needles if you ask her anything. Now, can you imagine living like that? Yes. Right? So when you've got one parent whose mood changes from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock, then you've got the partner who doesn't know what to do between 9 and 10. And they're hoping for a short period of, of time that there's going to be some some level of consistency mm-hmm. to be able to say to the kids, this is the page we're on. This is what we're doing. This is how this is going to go down. And this is the current mood. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I said, is that all correct? Every single one of them, mm-hmm. So I said, all of the girls here, you're all sisters, and each of you are married. Is that correct? Yes. And I said, your parents are saying that all three of you have married men like your dad. And I think that was a really tough moment at the very beginning of a one-hour session (laughs) for them to hear something like that when it was the last thing they wanted to do in life mm-hmm. was to pick somebody like their dad. And difficult, I think, to admit it to themselves and also to be able to admit it in a room with all of their siblings present. Because we, we can know it, that we did it, but to have all of the siblings sit there and look at you and you're going to ha- you're going to be asked is that correct because i'm asking for validations that it may be the first time that it's going to come out of your mouth that you're aware and so if you're aware that you did then what are you doing
0: this is why we ask people who are requesting group sessions if they've actually thought through whether or not they want a group session Mm-hmm. Because you're talking about admitting something that is not exactly flattering yeah. and maybe incriminating to the oh, degree yeah. that in a family, you actually have to own up to some of the shit that you've caused and yeah. say, I
1: know I did it. Yeah. And that you have brought a man into our family like our father, mm-hmm. when in fact our father is dead and we don't have to tolerate it anymore. But now we do, and that we can never get away from it, Mm -hmm. unless you're going to divorce this person. So thanks.
0: Versus a personal session where you can just sort of be in that moment, hear it from, I'll say a a gentle human, yeah because that's what you're doing, is just delivering the message with no judgment. Mm -hmm. And you have time to hear it, process it, admit to it, but not feel the world watching or... The world being your family.
1: You're saying shame, feeling shame. Yeah. And and that's exactly what was sitting in the room. It was like you could pass it around in a basket. Like it was so tangible
0: mm-hmm.
1: that you could you could feel the shame and you could feel the anger. It was it was awkward as all get out. So After, I'll say, after this awkward pause, the dad said, could you explain my behavior? I want to say to the kids that I was mean. And I said, oh, yes. He goes, just get right into medium and please just start identifying my character and my traits and what I was like. And I said, okay, what what do you want me to say? He says, could you say something like that I was mean and that I was mean to these these two, but that I was also a smoker and I quit, but that I hid the cigarettes because the other two will know it. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> that, that's funny. He goes, well, it, it is and it isn't.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He says, it's totally not funny, mm-hmm. but they're going to be able to have a light moment in the room because it's really going to truly explain how I really treated the kids. Mm -hmm. My wife would have thought that I quit. Certain kids would have thought I quit, so I was changing. I was becoming a better person. And then there are going to be a couple of kids that knew I was still hiding the cigarettes and smoking, and that, in fact, I wasn't working on any kind of a change. But I'd kind of give them, like, wink, wink. Your mother and your sisters think this. So, like we're a little group here. We keep secrets, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not really changing. Aren't they stupid?
0: This is super fun too, because you think of someone who comes on an individual level, which it might sound that like we're pushing that right now. Um, and they can't confirm some of the messages that we give. So if we're like, oh yeah, he quit, but he didn't really. And they're like, no, no, he did. You're not very good at this. <laughs> you know. And you're like, no, he didn't quit. You need to ask your siblings that. And they're like, what?
1: Yeah, you just it's don't know just, what you're doing. Yeah, you're just not very good.
0: And that's where people trip, right? I'll say trip on whatever loop it is because of whatever belief system they need to hang on to that my dad was getting better. Mm-hmm. My dad was trying.
1: Mhm. And how hurtful, A eh, Kelly, when you find out that that dad made no attempt, but how to believe that?
0: Yeah, and I think too that he was a liar. To then understand that because of all of the twisted lies that you told as a human, your kids or your people still can't connect to you once you're dead, even if they see an accurate medium, because your lies are so deep, everyone in your life would have to be present in the room to uncover all of them.
1: Right. Oh, that's exhausting. I personally, I find that kind of session can be exhausting depending on how they respond. Mm-hmm. And they were there to work. So in this particular group of people, I didn't feel as exhausted as I usually do nice. with some families that want to sit there and say, no, that's not true. And the siblings that know that he didn't quit the smoking won't speak up. Mm-hmm. They may even sit there, and unless I turn to them and say, you two knew, they won't say anything. They just look at me like, well, we'll see if she's any good. Mm -hmm. Because if if she doesn't know and doesn't catch us, I don't have to say anything.
0: Which means I don't have to lose a relationship with my siblings. I'll just make you wrong. Yeah. This is what we go through, people.
1: Yeah, yeah. You and, get.
0: and this is what you guys go through, right? Yeah. When you don't choose an honest life. not It's not to make it just about us. Mm-hmm. It's what you literally experience within your family or friend units. Mm-hmm. Go on.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, when you said that, Kelly, like I think about when you said that I'm a part, or we are a part of many people's love stories in another podcast show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And how often I think about that in terms of that this mom and dad are coming through because the kids are saying they're here and they want to learn. They're here and they really want to hear from their parents. And so they hear that a couple of the siblings, the two boys, no, they knew the truth all along, but they never said it at the funeral. They never said it at the wake. They never said it in the years after. Hey, dad lied. He never quit smoking. They just find out when the medium blurts it out. Yeah, I knew. And all the girls turn and look, and it's like, why didn't you say anything? Because even the years later, there's still this moment of being confounded. Mm -hmm. Like, so dad gaslit us when he was alive, and you've allowed the gaslighting to continue for all these years since he's died? Mm -hmm. Like, to what purpose? Well, I just didn't want to bring it up. What? You just didn't want to bring it up? For what reason? Well,
0: and you're facing rejection at that point too, right? Because you're staring at siblings or whatever the dynamic is and saying, why did you pick them and not me? If I was believing in something to be the truth, Mm -hmm. why did you choose to love or side with them instead of allowing me to know the truth Mm -hmm. so that I could live differently?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. There's so much pain in that. There's so much hurting in all of that. And and there's also a moment of, I thought we had moved past that since mom and dad died.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And now I feel like I'm right back at those moments before death. And I thought I had come this long way since then to find out that, what, you're like dead too then?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: what? I just got told that I pick a man that's like dad, and now I found out my brother's like dad. So, so what the hell? So, again, if we're counting the awkward moments, (laughs) here's two
0: (laughs) coming in hot and fast.
1: (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's just, huh? There's anxiety in all of that because now there's anger all over again. There's hurt all over again. There's sadness. There's grieving. It's like you're starting the death process all over again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, I, and I thought, wow, this is really, really interesting. Because sometimes when someone dies, we think, oh, that's finally over. And especially if they they weren't kind to us on earth. But unless we really get in and have some good conversations after that funeral is over, we really, I guess we superficially move forward. And we can't always understand why we're still depressed or why we still have grief or we still have anxiety. Mm -hmm. We don't really know what's underneath it until a moment like this when it's all unearthed right in front of you. And then it's like, oh, that's why. Because when the brothers know those things and don't ever divulge them, that's withholding, that's avoiding, those are forms of verbal abuse.
0: So was it lost on the brothers that they got called out for being like their dad?
1: Or did that, oh, it did was, that it was. come up? No, it was lost on them at the beginning until the girls really dove into this, and it was mm. like a fuck medium. Like, never mind. <laughs> Never mind them. Never mind mom and dad. What the hell? Mm-hmm. And then wanted to get like right into it in the session to say, "Okay, we just went off the rails." Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, we're at a session with a medium. Who gives a shit? We got to get through this. So, let's 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 talk about this. And if Karen, if you can interject and keep saying things and participate in this, with mom and dad here fine but hey you too as much as I'm sitting here saying I went and married a dad what the hell are you doing behaving like one and and I think I think right about now that many of our listeners might think Jesus how come Karen and Kelly don't (laughs) have psychiatrists working with them (laughs) to sit there and interject but
0: there's a damn good reason we don't.
1: Yeah, there we have, is. We
0: have no governing board sitting above us, human governing board, telling us what we can and cannot say. Mm-hmm. No no school that's going to strip us of our license mm-hmm. to say you crossed a boundary. We operate within a, a board <laughs> Oh yeah. spiritual and highly ethical, um, but we'll give you the shit kicking
1: mm-hmm. with love. Mm-hmm. So I I asked the dad if he could step in and do something or say something. These are his kids. He's on the other side, so how are we going to move here? And he said, Karen, he said, I lived my whole life prone to regret. And I
0: Oh, this is the show you've been anticipating. Okay.
1: mm -hmm. And I said, oh, does that ever catch me? Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh, my God. He goes, my whole life was burst out in anger and then... Live with the regret. Mm-hmm. And he said, and then I would, I would, I learned to tinker. I learned to do things around the yard because it gave me a chance to sit in my regret. And I was like, oh, what? And he goes, oh, I was majorly prone to regret. And I thought, I've got to remember that phrase. It was so, it was so sticky for my brain. And I thought, oh, what if I allowed that to be a sticky thought in a really good way? Am I, am I prone to regret? Do I make decisions? Like I know when I was a people pleaser, prone to regret because you people please, you go into regret and then mm-hmm. you do whatever you need to do in that, right?
0: I'm seeing this as like a tagline on Tinder on people's dating profiles. <laughs> Derek, 32, prone to regret. <laughs> Sorry. Why did my head go there? Oh, that's so good. Because of the honesty, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes when people do tinker, and that's good, that's a great thing that he developed, but I think a lot of us don't see where people go when they're reflecting on their regret.
1: Yeah. And he talked about the fact that the tinkering around the house, running the errands, he, he ran all the errands for the house. The groceries and all, paying the bills, because in those days you went out and paid the bills. (laughs) There was no online banking. (laughs) So he would drive around to pay bills and stuff and go to the bank and all of that and pick up the kids. He did a lot of the driving. So he said, Karen, I was so prone to regret. He said, I would sit in the car and stew over things. And because I did that, then I would flip it the opposite way and do something really nice. But it wouldn't be for the person that I just hurt. It would be for the next person. Mm. And I thought, oh, what a cool observation now. So I might be at home and do something regrettable and say something regrettable, especially say things um, to my child. So say to the oldest daughter, and then get into the car, do my running around and feel so regretful that I said that, but I'd go pick up my oldest son and I'd take him out for lunch. <laughs> and I'm like, what? That doesn't even make sense. He goes, I know. He says, but that didn't, all, all I thought about is that I have to be a better dad. So I'd be a better dad for the other child. That kid didn't didn't know what what was happening. Why is dad taking me out for lunch? I just came out of hockey practice. Like, how come he's in this great mood or this, and he thought it was a great mood. Dad's taking me out for lunch. Mm-hmm. But dad's coming from the space of, I'm not in a good mood at all. I regret what I just did to the to my oldest daughter. I have to resurrect the good father image in my head. So I'm doing this. It makes no sense to either child. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense to anybody, but it makes complete sense in his own mind. This is now why I am saying that I lived my whole life prone to regret, because it's what drove all of my behaviors and drove the confusion wheel in my family.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have a happy son coming in the door from hockey who's just like, I just had a great morning and beginning to my afternoon. And you've got a hurt sister who is watching dad walk through the door in this confusingly better mood, mm-hmm. just made this brother happy mm-hmm. and probably feels absolute rejection and confusion as to why she was rejected
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that he can just move on that quickly or move on.
1: Mm-hmm. Not understanding at all. because oh, her
0: marriage. Okay. We're going to get into that.
1: Do we need to? <laughs>
0: Well, I'm going to go yes for listeners.
1: Yeah. Because it sets forth a complete pattern that you pick a partner that does the same thing. Mm -hmm. And now you behave the same way that your mom behaved.
0: Or that you did as a kid. Yeah. Because at least you knew what to do.
1: Yeah. So she might go into feeling sulky. Mm
0: -hmm. And I'll say what to do enough to survive, not to actually thrive or be happy or fix.
1: Yeah. solve. Yeah. And then when her husband does it to their kids, she can sometimes confront him about that because she gets mad when she thinks about the dad that did it. So if her husband does that to her daughter, their daughter, then she might want to go right to that daughter's side and buy her a toy. She might want to like compensate for that. She might want to go up to her husband and say, you're being an ass, da-da-da-da-da, and get into a fight with him over it.
0: So she's fixing his bad shit, and he doesn't even have to be prone to regret. She's just cleaning up the mess for him.
1: Yeah. Fuck me. Mm-hmm. So her dad, this is the oldest daughter, so the, the dad says this. He says, this is what I've done. This is what I've created in her marriage. Mm-hmm. And you see the other two girls kind of go, like, like, they get this, <laughs> oh, I'm next. <laughs> <laughs> they get this, oh, like this total frozen moment. And you can see where the brothers kind of look and go, like, and they're kind of like, where can I look? <laughs> mm-hmm. Where is it safe to look? Everybody's got shit look, you know, looks all over their faces because this whole mess is being presented. And then mom comes in. And she says, well, speaking of prone to regret, I have my own. And I said, oh, okay. I should
0: fucking hope so.
1: Yeah. And I said, okay, you go. I'll relay whatever you want here to your children. And she says, well, she says, I just regretted everything constantly every day. I was just always sad. Mm -hmm. She said, "I, I just looked at the whole situation and just regretted that he would be going out the door, and I would think, I wish I could go, but not come back. And when I said this out loud, one of the sons, the youngest son, is really intently watching me. And I said, but he doesn't interrupt, he doesn't ask me any questions, he says nothing. And I said, well, if she says things like that she's regretful that she didn't leave on a daily basis. She wishes that she confronted him when she doesn't. But then when she does, she regrets that she did. So her regret is in both situations. So there's there's no winning. Mm-hmm. There's regret, whether you do or you don't. She goes, so when he says that he lived his life prone to regret, I think... Oh, yeah. Do I ever feel you? And she sighs. There's lots of sighing. And I'm not noticing at all, Kelly, that I'm sighing as I'm saying the things that she's saying. So I would say it and then go, and like just take this breath, the end of almost like every sentence. And finally, once I give quite a few examples of all of these regrets that she has. Like, she regrets that the husband gets away with things. Mm -hmm. She regrets that, oh, this son is coming in the door. He's had lunch. He's happy. But here's my daughter that's hurt, and now she doesn't know if she should confront him because it's now going to take him out of this good mood, right, and then regret that because then he's going to create a fight, well, look, I went and I did something nice for our son. I can't do anything right, blah, blah, blah. So then again, regret that if she stands up for the daughter and confronts him and says, well, why didn't you take our daughter? Why didn't you come back and say something to her and do something for her? There's always a sense of I will regret anything no matter what I say. And if I don't say anything, I'll regret all that too. And so then finally, her youngest son says to me, you're my mom. And I said, well, I've done my best to give her a voice. He goes, no, you're my mom. He goes, I swear to God right now, you're talking like her. And he says, you're sighing at the end of every sentence, just like she did. And he goes, now I understand all the sighing. He goes, I came here today because I had a question in my head. Why did mom sigh all the time? What was that? And he goes, now I know what word to put on it. It was regret. Right. And he goes, and now I understand all the times I was so mad at my mother for not standing up for me or my sister or this brother. And I didn't understand that she just felt cornered, whether she did or she didn't. Mm-hmm. That she would regret it both, both ways. That she was always like a cornered animal. And that all of her sighs were, I might do something good for one child, always at the cost of hurting another child. Mm-hmm. So this one might think that I love them. Well, this one won't. Mm-hmm. But it's a constant situation, many times a day. Yuck. Yeah, and so for he, everyone. Yeah, so the youngest son says to me, "I wanna, th- I wanna thank you. You've helped me." Get over being angry with my mom," hmm. he says. "I don't, I don't feel furious. I don't feel rage. I don't feel frustrated with her anymore. I think I can walk out of here and feel some sadness, but he says I'm not going to hold on to it because she's in a better place. He says I'm, I'm hoping she's in a better place. <laughs> he goes, please tell me, she- <laughs> please tell me that she's not with my dad." Please tell me that. And I said, well, it's not that she's not with him. It's that they've resolved it. It's that they've learned and that they figured it out. They don't have to be together or not be together. It's done. It's complete. And he goes, it's complete? And I said, yes, she understands all of it now. And so does he. And I said, and that's why they're here. It's to be able to give that to you as two, two parents now.
0: On the same page, Finally.
1: Finally where we can both say what our regrets were, where we can both say what our patterns were, how she can say, this is what I was stuck in. Mm -hmm. And she says to her youngest son and to to all of her children, I regret that I didn't trust my own instincts. I regret that I didn't stand up for myself Mm -hmm. and just tell him, get out. Somehow we will figure this out. We will get the help we need. I don't know how, but it will happen. She says, but I want my children to know that if I could do it again, I'd kick them out. And I'd figure it out. And, th- and that, that's a regret to say, I love you. And I know it's late, I know I'm past, but I still think it's important for each of you to know that I wish I could have done it differently. Mm-hmm. And that, and that I do love you and that I did love you, that when you're cornered and you don't know how to think differently, you don't have the emotional intelligence, you don't see the choices, no one in your group, what little group this family has, just she just doesn't get that. And so without any of that, these are two lives prone to regret. And she's just hoping at this point that the children will hear this. So then I said, well, what do you two want to do to end the session for your five kids? So I'm just going to pick up this book and read the questions. So I doodled these right during the session. Am I in a relationship that I already regret being in? Will I regret this in my future? Do I have the ability to have foresight? Can I see my mom in me? Can I see my dad in me? Do my siblings say I am like my mom or dad? Can they see what I can't for myself? And when they say those things to me, do I listen? Do I figure out why so that I don't repeat a pattern? Mm -hmm. And I think that this can be a lovely way to end this podcast. Mm -hmm. For people who've hung in there right to the very end.
0: Oh, they're going to sit back and be like, whoa.
1: Yeah.
0: Those are good questions.
1: Yeah. For anyone, all the time. Absolutely. These are emotionally intelligent questions. And it's something that these two parents said, look, we've really messed up and the mess is still on earth. Can we give them this? Can this be something that they take and go out and start to use together Mm -hmm. and individually and in their own relationships? Can we do something positive? I don't know what the word is. How about healing? Mm -hmm. Can we do something healing for our children now? And I really like that, Kel, as a medium, being able to do that with with someone, right mm. so that that's that's what I wanted to share today. I well thought the expression itself, living a life prone to regret, was beautiful,
0: yeah I remember you approaching me on the stairs like weeks ago, saying that you wanted to do this show mm-hmm. um and just being so intrigued by the name
1: hmm you
0: were yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And I mean, I, I get to kind of have all the fun naming the shows, mm-hmm. just because I hear them in the process and the know how I want to edit it. Mm-hmm. But when you came up and said, I've got the next show's title, I was like, oh, okay. Um, and then you kind of make up in your head, like, oh, geez, I wonder, you know, what kind of regret is this? Or what aspect of their life? And hopefully, if you're a, an intelligent person, you start thinking like, am I prone to regret? And you you interpret, so yeah, I've given a lot of thought to
1: it. Oh, I'm happy to hear that mm. I have and too pr- and
0: prior to this, as well, obviously, you and I are constantly in an evaluation process over everything. Um, but yeah, I think instead of well, I th- we just like tweak small words sometimes, and it helps us see it in a different way. mm
1: hmm Mm-hmm. 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 I liked the, like I said, I liked the expression that he had used. Mm -hmm. It's heavy. Mm -hmm. And what I refer to as sticky.
0: Yeah. As opposed to thinking, let's reflect, let's do something soft and gentle and meditate. It's (laughs) like, no, like what are you prone to regret in your life? What patterns are you like just shit kicking
1: yourself with? Let's get into baby pose and think about regret. While I'm doing yoga. <laughs> well,
0: thank you for preparing that, mm-hmm. and thank you to the kids who showed up and bothered to
1: want to do the work. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. There was so much to this family. Like there, were, like I feel like I could do so many podcasts just on feelings, looks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Like there, there was just it was co- so complex.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool, thanks.
1: Yeah, you're very welcome.
0: Okay. So if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, we are back out next Saturday morning with a new show. Um, if you're on Patreon, stay tuned. We've got lots more for you.